Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All the Things Podcast, episode 22, Design, Develop, Deploy. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Coran. What have you been up to this week, Mike? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, so I've been up to doing some updates on HTML All the Things. So if you check out the site now uh, at htmallthethings.com, you'll see that we have a little bit of a minor design change, um, a couple of glitches have been fixed, uh, some HD access stuff has been added, so yeah, little little things here and there, nothing too major, but uh, just some, you know, quality control stuff. Uh, other than that, I've been doing some social media stuff, so posting on Instagram, uh, trying to build that audience there. I've also actually started thinking about taking a online course sometime in January, so I want, what I want to do is I want to just you know solidify some of the some of the major topics out there so the first topic i want to talk about is actually uh or learn about is actually machine learning um because i'm thinking about using machine learning in a future app idea that i have so i'm i've been looking at machine learning courses i found one on stanford at stanford for free and i just want to take a look at that so yeah that's that's about it so planning that out you know uh christmas coming up so happy holidays Merry Christmas to everyone, and yeah, what about you, Matt? Uh, so same kind of thing, we've been trying to build out our, like, so our main kind of social media presence is on Instagram at the moment, and we've always kind of had the idea, <clears throat> as I as my voice disappears the instant I start talking, uh, we've always kind of had the idea to, or I've had the idea to, like, we're going to build kind of each following individually but like keep them all maintained at the same time kind of thing so we've been like dumping a lot of effort in the last few weeks as we've said before into instagram um the one weird thing is that uh we both of us seem to get these the same lulls so it's like even if i'm posting more or you're posting more and we do different posts different hashtags different you know whatever growth ideas whatever like right like we seem to get the same lulls and i'm kind of wondering whether that's like a lull, like a natural lull in the Instagram world where it's like, oh, this week is busy for people. So there's just less people on the platform. Um, I know that that does occur, but I didn't realize it would, it was like so dramatic, I guess. Um, we're still kind of new to building something specific like this. Um, but like, I mean, the numbers are up, which are always good. Uh, so that's, that's fine. The podcast numbers are up. So that's really good. And I'm starting to like kind of look toward Twitter. I want like Twitter to be good, good too, because like what I want is one of the things I wanted was each of our social media channels to have a reason to go to them. So like our Instagram, you know, it reshares a lot of like interesting designs in the industry and that type of thing. And it's an, it's a good source, in my opinion, of inspiration for people. If they're looking to make apps, uh, make UIs, you know, maybe even like just kind of figure out like, oh, should I have a really nice big picture? What are the design trends going on? Like, should I have like full screen design? Should I have not? Like, et cetera, et cetera. So design trends, that type of thing. So that's kind of what our Instagram at the moment is aiming towards. And of course it does its, you know, standard announcements for podcast releases and article releases and whatever else that we release. Um, but the Twitter, I kind of think is, is I want the Twitter to be sort of more a direct, like it's more developer based, I guess. And it would be more, um, it'd be more like one-on-one -on -one talking where I can literally just kind of like, if I have a problem, some random problem in VS code, I could like comment on there, run like polls on there. Uh, and we could like just ask questions. It'd be more, more interaction based, I guess, even though there is quite a bit of interaction on Instagram, I'm still hashing out the idea clearly, but that's kind of what I'm going for. So I've been doing a lot of like kind of social media stuff 
And then, uh, so as of this week, uh, I've, we, last couple weeks, I've been saying content, 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 I'm doing content. So that, so that, that's coming to fruition this week. So this week I want to get two, hopefully two guides out. Uh, it'll probably end up being one guide because we're like, we've become super busy this week, but two guides, maybe, uh, maybe one guide this week on CSS grid. So the idea was for me to make a guide on how to make a very simple nav bar with CSS grid. Um, however, I've found that like, I've actually personally never used CSS grid. So why am I like, why am I researching all this stuff and then not writing anything about this stuff? Like, so I'm learning for like a whole week, not writing anything, not creating any content, which is valuable content. And then just like jumping right into the actual nav bar. So I'm going to do some like actual beginner guides on stuff that I've learned. And like, you know, I'm going to summarize all the stuff I've read and kind of gathered and just trying to like make, you know, make a, you know, a, a, an intro slash starter guide to Instagram or not or to Instagram to CSS grid. Uh, got, got social media on the brain here uh, to, so to CSS grid. And then once, once CSS, like once I, once I, you know, you, we established the very intro plans, then I'm going to start doing like actual components of a site. So we could do the really intro stuff, then things like the nav bar, maybe I'll do like a slider, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not set in stone fully yet, but like do expect at least one guide this week. Uh, that is absolutely a goal of mine to get that out because we've been talking about it nonstop and to uh, really kind of raise that medium slash written content presence. And that'll also be available on our website. Um, but now let's get into the show here because this is a bit of a different and a long winded show this week. So in this episode, we'll be talking about an idea that we've concocted, which is a coding challenge. But uh, for those of you that are here for learning purposes, uh, we will be covering general app design development and deploy topics as well. So, you know, it's still going to be valuable either way. Um, but the first segment is going to specifically focus on um, a, a challenge that we've kind of made for ourselves. And we'll get into that in a couple minutes. So. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, and I think we actually mentioned it on a previous podcast, we, we mentioned that one of the biggest weaknesses that we have is our aversion to risk. So we avoid risk as much as possible. And as a business owner, you should be paranoid when making decisions to ensure that you make the right ones. However, as with anything, you can overdo it. And that's exactly what we did. And that's what we generally do. Uh, we became so risk averse that we'd hesitate and eventually not do projects that we thought up um, just because we thought we'd lose money or we'd be wasting time. And we there were a few exceptions in there obviously we have a couple of apps and a couple of projects out there but most of our project ideas were kiboshed so luckily one of the ideas that we did is the one you're listening to right now html all the things and it's an idea that spawns and houses projects so we can sort of make projects and then we can talk about them on the show we can write about them on the blog we can do a whole bunch of things so we're going to kind of try to use html all the things to try to break out of this paranoia loop if you will and the brief scoop of this coding challenge is we're going to try to make an app and deploy it within 24 hours, uh, and I'm going to talk about that, obviously, in depth in the episode. So, I think we do the segment introductions before we jump right into the actual segment. So, segment number one is the idea. Segment number two is design, develop, deploy, and segment number three, or actually web news, is edge going chromium, question mark. So, we're going to talk about that. That's a big piece of news in the last couple of days here. So, Segment number one uh, is divided into a couple of sub parameters. So segment number one, the idea, and the first one is parameters. So 
Our idea needed to be something accessible, yet popular enough to get in front of people and actually get downloaded. In order to get downloads, we knew that the reach had to be decent, and it had to be something that people would find useful, but it had to be simple enough in order to be developed quickly. And we decided to analyze our previous experiences in launching apps, specifically our Chrome app and Chrome extension collection that we have out there. What we found was, with very little promotion on our end, making a product that complements an existing popular product gives you enough exposure through quote-unquote osmosis. So specifically speaking, I'm talking about our most popular app at the moment, which is multiple accounts for Outlook.com, which, as the name suggests, allows people to quickly switch between multiple Outlook.com accounts and switch between their associated web apps like the OneDrive web app, for example. So from there, we took a look at our recent or our recent personal app experiences, um, as well as we took a look and kind of dove into the Google Play Store. Um, and that's going to be our targeted app store, by the way. So... Um, a little bit more on that in a minute, but right now we're basically planning on doing it mostly on Android uh, and uh, on PC as well. And again, I'm going to get into that in the next segment. Um, but all of this ultimately boiled down to the second subsection here, which is quote unquote the decision. So we've decided to do a minimalist Reddit news app that strips away any distraction from actually reading the news. Now, in the design section, again, I'm passing a lot off to the second segment because the second segment is actually quite uh, conversational, just sort of like how web news is. So that's why I'm kind of just, I'm just laying down the framework in this segment and then we'll be kind of talking in detail um, in the next segment. So uh, we'll get what, uh, we'll get more into what I mean by minimalist in the next segment, but generally uh, we'll be taking away a bunch of the default Reddit features that people can get distracted by. Uh, we also have experience pulling information uh, from Reddit. So if you remember in the introduction to Vue.js guide that Mike wrote, he has like a joke generator that he had and those jokes pull from Reddit. Um, so this app is, you know, obviously it's far from inventing, reinventing the wheel, but it gets us going on finally releasing an app on Google Play, which we've been talking about for years and we've never done it. Uh, the app will be monetized and it will be monetized by ads. However, we plan on making the ads non-full screen and non-obtrusive so that users aren't bogged down by ads that uh, that have issues loading. So usually full screen ads I find have the most issue because they'll struggle to load and the app kind of looks like it's freezing. And then, and then eventually the app will kind of like pop in awkwardly and sometimes there's a graphical glitch with it and it's a bit of a mess. However, this will be our first encounter with ads in an app. Uh, so we'll see how this strategy moves forward. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it won't work at all. Maybe we'll have to change it. We don't know. This is all new to us. As I said, we haven't done an app like this before. So this app is rather simple in design uh, and scope and is actually accomplishing a great deal of smaller points that we've been aiming to get done specifically. So that moves on to the third subsegment here, accomplishments and goals. So one of the main things is trying out a community event. So one of the goals with HTML, all the things was to get people involved to some extent, if they wanted to try out new things, new things. Uh, and this coding challenge is the first of its kind for us. So basically we'll, we'll be the guinea pigs to see if it works out. Maybe if it goes well, we'll do like a public version of the challenge. I don't know. So we'll kind of be like, we'll set the parameters up and we'll do it. Maybe it's unrealistic. Maybe we'll fail. Maybe it'll be too easy. We don't know. We don't know what's going to go, what's going to happen. But then maybe in the future, we'll kind of like, you know, challenge you guys to be like, hey, let's do a 24-hour uh, landing page challenge. Let's do a 24-hour 404 page challenge. Let's do a 24-hour whatever, right? Whatever it ends up being, this is, this is, we're trying out a community event on ourselves first to see if it's fun, to see how it works, et cetera, et cetera. Also, social media coverage. So right now, as I've already mentioned, we're, you know, trying to get a lot of stuff done on social media, but 
Right now, we post about our, like, podcast episode releases, as I mentioned. We share people's work, again, as I mentioned, and more. However, we've been wanting to try and, like, what I call live post. So, I'm not... I'm not saying like live stream necessarily, but what I'm saying is, is like we want to share work as it's being completed. So we're aiming to share a bunch of content during this coding challenge time window. So things like, you know, post of our progress, you know, you know, we'll actually take like screenshots of stuff and be like, oh, this is where we are on hour 10 or something. Again, it's not hashed out. This is all new to us. So we're kind of diving in head first here and we want to like see, you know, maybe we can get some videos going in there, some Instagram videos in there. Maybe we can get some cool like tweets in there or whatever. It'll, well, we're going to play it by ear, but that is the goal at the moment. Um, so, and then we also, as I said before, we want to just straight up release an app. So we've been talking about releasing an app on Google play for a long time and we've always brushed it off. Uh, so this challenge should give us an, like an actual push to get it done. So even if we fail the challenge and don't release the app on time, at that point, we would have dived so much into the app development that we'll essentially have no choice but to release the app for fear of wasting wasting all that time and that'll basically force us to take on the risk of just releasing it because even if we fail at this point and it's it's an estimate but i would say we'd be probably like 90 percent on the app anyway so and then the last the, the very last uh subsection here is furthering our knowledge so we're planning on using um or we were sorry we were planning on using apache cordova for this um however we've actually because we've had a couple of days of back and forth on this and we've actually revised the plan a couple of times so we're, we're actually planning on doing um, a progressive web app for this. So we've, we've been requested uh, by, uh, by a user to, you know, maybe show how to make a progressive web app. We'd love to dive into doing a progressive web app ourselves. So what we're thinking of doing is let's, let's just make this a progressive web app so it's accessible on both platforms. But then Mike found out last night that you can actually submit a progressive web app to the actual app stores. So the first one will be Google Play, the Google Play Store, as I mentioned before. So it'll be available on everything, including computer uh, you'll be able to, you know, do that add to home button or whatever it is. And then you'll be able to have the app icon, even if you're on an iPhone or whatever. But in general, we want to, uh, we want, we're at first, I mean, we're going to focus on the Google play store. Um, so that, that was really long winded of me. I've been talking forever here. So I'm going to pass it on to Mike for segment two, so he can dive into those details that I passed on to the segment earlier. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. So yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to segment two, which is design, develop and deploy. So in this segment, we're kind of going to look at uh, how we're going to be implementing this, how we're going to uh, go about like designing and like the, the features that we want in the application. And this is all very, um very early stages. So you're, you're going to be hearing a little bit of back and forth between Matt and I. So uh, d- discussing some of the features, like maybe Maybe some won't even make it into the final version that we're going to be talking about now. So just keep that in mind. This isn't a final, you know, planning stage or anything like that. We will, Matt and I will sit down at some point, uh, potentially maybe even record it for a tidbit if anyone's interested. Uh, and we will hash this out and, and get, get a design doc going and stuff like that. So for now, just, just keep that in mind. Uh, so if we assume that in our decision, uh, in our decision in segment one is final, uh, we're going to do this Reddit news app. And then so let's dive in and see what that will take. Uh, one of the most important things we need in this challenge is to identify what the minimal viable product is and what we're actually going to be making. So that's the that's the MVP of what we're going to be making on that day of the challenge. So we have 24 hours. It's going to be one of those, you know, no sleep days. Uh, I don't know, like I'm sure some of you have been to hackathons. That's kind of what we're getting the inspiration from. But this is kind of like a personal hackathon 
uh, instead of having to do it in a, like a large a large building with a bunch of different developers. This is just Matt and I doing our own personal hackathon challenge. Um, so pretty much what we're going to do here is we're going to research do the research, we're going to design, we're going to develop, and then we're going to deploy. So the research is kind of already complete. Uh, we've, we've looked at, like, is the API accessible for Reddit? Yes, it's quite, it's quite simple, actually. Uh, you can check out my guide on Medium, the uh, getting started with Vue.js, uh, or actually, no, it's, it's the Vue.js, what's it called? Introduction to my Vue.js guide. So that, that one t- covers a little bit on how to use the Reddit API, uh, which is actually very, very interesting and and easy to start with and a really good first foyer into using an API with a response and stuff like that. Uh, definitely highly recommend it. Um, but so the research is done. So yes, it's definitely possible uh, to do something like this. Uh, is it viable? Like, will people use it? Uh, we believe we believe it is. It is possible. And I think what, what we're aiming for is for people to be able to like, Instead of going through and waiting through Reddit, you know, having to go into an app, go to World News, go to news, go to like their their own news subreddit, whatever they choose. And then usually what you'll do is you'll open up Reddit, go to the front page and you'll scroll there for like 10 minutes. And then maybe you'll even forget to do what you were planning on doing when you were going into the app. We want this to be an extremely quick action application. So instead of having to wade through a bunch of stuff that you know you're not exactly like looking for at that time you're going to be opening it up and you're going to get the exact news from the exact locations that you're wanting at you know instantaneous amount of time because we're ripping out all the things that we don't need like karma counters uh comments stuff like that we're ripping out all those things and we're just going to show people the news uh as unbiased as we obviously can make it because reddit maybe isn't unbiased in some ways but regardless we're just using reddit as the aggregator um, so yeah, people are going to be able to sh- look at the news in instantaneous. Like we're going to focus really a lot on loading times. We're going to focus a lot on how simplistic and easy the app is to use, uh, and we're, stuff like that. So research, I think research we can say is pretty much done at this point. Uh, we did a little bit before to make sure that everything's viable is viable. So we'll move on. Um, let's say to the mission statement. So the mission statement of this application, like I was mentioning is to design a simple Reddit news aggregate for people that want to quickly view the news in their area uh, or their area of interest without any distractions. So that that's it. That's the mission statement. That's what we want to achieve at the end of this challenge. Um, and then the, the parameters of the challenge, this is where we kind of have to get into a little bit of discussion. So uh, during the challenge, we we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen before or after the challenge. So we don't. We need to dis- establish what we can do up to the challenge before we start it. So, like for instance, what what can we do before the challenge? Can we, uh, you know, can we already have some designs done? Can we already have a framework of the app built out? Can we uh, have like wireframes built out? Like I, I'm not sure. Is that like that? That's something that we have to discuss. And I think we should discuss it right now, Matt. I don't know if you're interested. What do you think we should do? before we start the challenge for something like this well one of the things is is yesterday yesterday our app id was completely different um and we've like we've like revised it like i said because this is like we're basically choosing the parameters even back then of the challenge um because we know that the app needs to be simple but the last app wasn't necessarily a minimalist design and so this app like the reddit app is is a minimalist design so i think that it's possible to get the design in in the actual challenge window. Now the one the one question I do have is do we care about that? So do like is our goal essentially I think this maybe would answer our question is is our goal 
to ram as much stuff into the challenge window as possible? Or is this challenge solely for the fact that we just want to ensure that we make this thing and, and, and push it out? I mean, it's, I like the second one is a given, but the, the, the first one is like, do we want to ram as much? Like, do we want to be pressured? Like, is this challenge supposed to be like really challenging or are we just testing the waters here? If we're just testing the waters, then I think that wireframes and designs can be done before and then basically the 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 challenge will be a development challenge. So it'll be like I start doing the UI at the same time that you start doing the like you start doing the like whatever like uh pulling pulling like it's not a Reddit API. I, I always want to say API, but it's like pulling the Reddit JSON and like it actually Reddit, like, it is an API. That, that is technically like you're you're hitting a you're hint you're hitting an endpoint and you're getting back a JSON response. That's what an API is. So oh, okay, so okay, yeah. well, I mean, it's a really simple API anyway. Like, or yes. it's simple to use, I should say. Um, but yeah, okay, so fair enough. So you're using the the Reddit the Reddit API. Then I'll just I'll just use that term. So you're using the Reddit API. So like you'll be doing all that type of stuff. Well, whereas like I would it, I would be making the UI with the wireframes. The only concern I have is that if we say let's make the wireframes and the actual like design segment inside of the challenge, are you going to be sitting there doing nothing? Because at that point, it's like when we arrive, we have to finalize. Like what it would essentially be is we'd, we'd arrive, we would finalize every single feature. Like we've talked in depth about that already, but we'd finalize exactly what's going into this app. And then we would we'd finalize what's going under the app and then we'd immediately try to you know what I'm trying to say? It's like it's like yeah. then we'll then we'll do the design and then we'll do the developing. Like, is that too much? I think yeah. that's the question. So I'll, I'll I'll butt in here, and I think in my eyes, I think what we should have is the entire design doc done before we get in, and that includes like the wireframes and stuff like that, and the basic designs. I think you're right. I think this is a development challenge. I think that's how we're going to label it, um, and going forward. It makes sense that like if we do this challenge with the community, what will happen is everyone will get their design docs ready, and then on the day of they'll start the challenge, actually de- like developing the application uh, through laying it out and actually doing the JavaScript and stuff like that. I think that that makes mo- the most sense. Uh, usually, from what I've from what I've seen and what from what I've read, the um, like the forty eight hour challenges sometimes they will have like you have to do the design doc within the challenge. I think that's more reasonable, especially if it's like a, a bigger team and more time, you can do that. But with a 24-hour challenge and our goal of actually getting an application published on a, on a store or like in, as a PWA, um, I think we should just focus on actually getting that accomplished, like you said. And we should just get the design doc ready before the challenge is done. I, so. I think that makes sense because if we do this, if we do open it to the public, which we are thinking of possibly doing, again, all this is in the air. But if we're thinking of possibly doing it, it, we would probably end up doing that. Like we may make, like we'd probably not do the wireframe, but we'd probably like the challenge would include in written form what the people should make, and then we would, we would simply say like fill in your own wireframe in your own UI, right, and then do it. So in our case, we'll just do our UI in that because we'll allow them in the challenge to do it before their challenge begins. Yeah. So I think okay. that may, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. So let's 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 move on to uh what we need to accomplish during the challenge so what what's the end result like what like i know we've talked about uh us wanting to create like you know the whole develop the whole application release it on an app store release it on the ios app store or release as a pwa um what should we actually make the the challenge like i think 
yesterday we were discussing that we wanted to just get it onto um get it as a PWA at the end so that people can go to the site and put it onto their home screen. Uh that seemed like a fair thing, but maybe should we have a stretch goal of if everything is going all right, submit it to the App Store? Like should there be stretch goals even? Well, the one thing the one thing that I do want to point out and it is like a block is that yesterday as of yesterday I found out that our Google AdSense account is pending the PIN verification. Mm-hmm. That's 2 to 4 weeks. Okay. And so we can't so- I as far as I know and I'm not a Google AdSense expert, as far as I know, our account can no cannot serve ads until that's confirmed. Okay. Because we had that problem, like I found that out last night and so I sent mm-hmm. out the notification to your house via mail, mm-hmm. right? But, um, now it's like, we, like one of us has to get that mail, fill out the form, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, so like we got a bit of a problem there. So like, that's a block. So I don't know whether we can serve ads. And also at that point, it's like, when do we want to do the challenge then too? Yeah. Should we we do it? Should we do it after we get that pin or should we make an, an app without ads initially or with ad placeholders? That's the question, right? Because, like, I mean, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, right now, we're talking about monetization, right? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, we could for ad placeholders. Technically, we could just put ads for HTML other things. We can do that, but like, I mean, they're like they're going to be all over. That's the not place. a monetization, yeah. and that, that's not a monetization. And I kind of wanted this to be like a full ad experience. Like, I mean, that almost sounds like a PR thing, where it's like, no, 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 I don't want money. I just want it to be a full ad experience, but or app experience. Yeah. But like yeah. for us, like we've never done an app yeah, and part of making so maybe, an app is monetization. So we should probably learn that. <laughs> like, yeah, and well, the thing, sense. the thing with the PWA is that it needs to be Google AdSense. You said, right. Or can it be something else? Or do we know any, I'm, I'm it's Google AdSense is for sure supported from what I've, from what I've seen. Uh, but the other thing is that it seems like any web, like JS at AdSense ad network should be supported. So the only thing that's not supported would be like a, native android or native ios networks that seems that from from a very short amount of research that i've done and listeners if you're uh pwa experts and you've already published stuff on the app store with pwas and you know the answer to this we'd love to know the like what you have to say and we'd love to pick your brain a little bit uh but that's from what like the short things that i've read it seems that any sort of javascript ad framework should work Okay, so what I well what I would say is I think as a very 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 first step is that what we should do is literally just I'll try to generate an ad unit, but I have like a big red banner on our account that says like your ads are not being served because you haven't confirmed your address. Admittedly though, like the only thing we had ads on was Freefotos Hamilton, which has basically been abandoned at this point, mm-hmm. and so there are no ad units in the list. Now again, I don't know whether me adding ad units won't work because of this this notice or whether it's like they'll let me serve it for like a limited time because it's a new ad unit. I don't know, right? Like okay. that, that, like that. That's what I'm saying. Is I don't okay. know. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, so potentially we could be delaying this a little bit until we get the the pin. That's what I'm hearing. That which, which is, is okay. Which, which is okay, but it's a problem because now we're falling into the trap of delay. Yeah. And this is exactly why I kind of wanted to do this episode. Was that like, I mean, this is this little section is almost like a tidbit. Mm-hmm. But like this is the same type of conversations that I I would say that developers and other people have when they're doing just side projects or main projects even, mm-hmm. and it's like see like now we're looking at delaying it and like delaying it is such an easy thing but like I kind of want to force ourselves not to delay it. Right, but then if we can get the ads, it's not an issue. If, without ads, 
we're losing that whole ad experience uh, part of the challenge. Which is a big one because if because we have other app ideas and if we want to ensure that we get because we want to learn about the challenge, the app like the, or the ads, the app making, you know, PWA like it's a whole yeah. thing. So I don't know. And, and, and another thing too is, is in terms of market, like, you know, this is like, we're av- essentially advertising this to the people listening to this right now, yeah. but, but outside of the people listening to this, if we're talking about the general public, if they just say like, oh, it's a minimalist news app, which is exactly what we're making here. We're not making it just for the listeners, you know, download it, of course, but like, this is a public thing where they don't even know who we are. Or they just go like, oh, there's a minimalist news app. I don't mm-hmm. want to necessarily have to add ads later. And then have them freak out. Like I kind of well, want the I kind of want the precedent set. Okay, so but like I said, as a placeholder, as an option, in the place where the ads would be, mm-hmm. we put literal ads. Like we make an ad for HTML, all the things, and then in the future, we re- we replace that with the AdSense. So the the people will well, people downloading it will immediately see the ads the ad for HTML, all the things, right? Yeah. So they know that there's ads in the application. And so later on, when they open it up and see other ads, they won't be as as shocked. That was my like placeholder idea. Uh, yeah, we could give that a go, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be the capitalist here, but I'm like, I want this thing to like some like generate some sort of revenue. Um, like to, to just to be blunt. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's an app idea. It's an app idea, yeah. I'm I'm more of the sense that, I mean, it would be nice to have some revenue. I don't know if we're going to generate any, well, uh, but I'm, and we I'm don't always have that the, sense. Yeah, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. Like I'm, yeah. Um. Okay. I think. I think. I think this is this is something that necessarily can't be solved on the show. Yeah. But I think now we have an option. We could do the like the ad mm-hmm. for our own thing, and then we could do. We could do like like what you're saying. So we do the ad for what we're what you're doing, or for what you just said, and then or for like the HTML the things, and then we could. Uh, what I would do is I'll actually try to generate an ad unit because again I'm not an AdSense expert, so like I don't know. And yeah. then we'll I'll see if that does it. But like I think that would be the first step because ultimately like that's what we would prefer. I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. okay, okay. So let's let's move on then. Uh, so. We've talked about what we want to accomplish during the challenge that seems to be set in stone now. For, well, we're set in very, very uh, murky mud, but that's fine. Um, what's the end game of this challenge? So once we finish it, uh, we want, I think, okay, some of the things we've already talked about, I'll just list them. Uh, generate, potentially generate some revenue from like an AdSense kind of thing. We also, we're also thinking about adding a microtransaction in where you can just remove all ads. Because that would be good experience for us to get to get like that that in place and see how that works uh, in a PWA. I don't know if that's possible in a PWA. I'm sh- sure it's somewhat possible. But we'll see. Um, that's something that would like could generate revenue. Would be good experience for us to get to get. Um, the other thing would be uh, to test out this challenge. Right. This is kind of uh, a repeat of the accomplishments and goals, I guess. Section that you that you covered, Matt, but. Pretty much just like, you know, uh, get get all the knowledge that we can out of it, get all the experience, uh, expand our social medias, get a little bit of revenue, uh, develop stuff for HTML things for all the listeners, for all the people that go go out there that they, they should find a, a, a topic like this interesting, I would hope, uh, and 
you know, then we can continue on with it, do the community challenge. That would be the that would be the end game in my eyes. Do you see anything else? I think I think that basically like that basically sums it up. Is like yeah. I think I think that I think that the 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 one major thing that we're lacking in is community involvement. Like mm-hmm. people have been messaging us about things on the podcast, and people have been like you know tweeting at us or you know sending out uh, Instagram stories saying they're listening to the show, and like we we appreciate all that. That's really great, and like continue to do that absolutely. But I would kind of like to almost give back, I guess, and sort of have like something where people can get involved or, and, and then it would be entertaining too. Right. So if people are like, cause like if we do a challenge and it's just like an arbitrary challenge and people start like posting on their Instagram stories and we repost the Instagram stories or whoever that works. Um, again, I'm not Instagram expert, so I got to look that up, but you know, if we can like somehow get some sort of entertainment out of it and like people are having fun with it and that type of thing, like, I think that's, that is the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like, I mean, that, that, that's the most interesting stuff, right? Is like, there's a reason why, uh, and, and ask me anything on Reddit is so big is because everyone's kind of getting involved. People are reading the comments and it's like real, like, you know, essentially in most cases, one to one commenting, like, so you're answering questions like Q and A. And so like for the, in this, it would be like, uh, I want to say like one, to, uh, it wouldn't be actually one to one, but it would be like a closer, like development experience. It would be like, show me your best 404 app. Get, you know do it in an hour sometime this week and then you know people would post little stories about it or something and we would repost it on instagram maybe and stuff like depending on how it turns out and stuff so like that would be that would be interesting i think i think this is like the birth of that idea and mm-hmm. it's something that we really wanted to get out of this project anyway so yeah which makes sense um yeah so i think that that kind of sums up the uh, the parameters of the challenge. So let's move on to the design. So what, how we want it to look, how what we want, how we want it to per- perform, what we want the UX to be. Um, so first thing for the looks aspect of it, I think, do we want to use a CSS framework? Uh, I think we've chosen Grid as our language of choice for the actual layout. In my opinion. Uh, if we have grid, I don't think we need a CSS framework. I would agree with that. that. I would agree with okay. that. I think, I think, cause like we're learning grid now. So like, I mean, grid's going to be like a slight bit of a challenge anyway, cause it's not just like second nature to me yet. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I'm probably going to like throw in flex box and stuff in there occasionally, maybe um, mm-hmm. like just, just to try to get the job done. Cause you kind of, kind of do this like rapid fire. Yep. But at the same time, it's, I don't think like, especially with a minimalist app, it's like, why are we using a framework? We're just adding Essentially, it's a minimalist app, and then we're adding, like, size to it, essentially. Like, more storage. Like, no, I don't think... I At this time, I don't think it's needed. Okay, cool. So, uh, light and dark theme. Do we want to do both? Yes. Okay. And the one thing we were talking about is, like, we wanted this to be, like, a no BS design kind of thing. And I'm thinking of not even hiding that behind a settings button. Again, thinking of it. Uh, I want it just to be literally, like, a button you can just click, and you can just switch it from light to dark, at any, like, essentially at any time. Probably on like the top nav bar or the top bar. I think mm-hmm. that'll be this so that makes the most sense. It's just like a quick like, oh, it's it's like you know light out. I'll switch from dark to light. Oh, it's you know this is too bright right now. I'll switch it. And then you know I think I think all you have to do for OLED screens is literally just make it black. So maybe we'll have like an OLED, like well maybe we'll make the dark theme OLED compatible mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, yeah, so that'd be I, that, I think we should. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because it's like if we're making it dark, like why just make it a dark gray? Why not just like make it OLED? Might as well at that yeah, point. Save some battery uh, for people. Uh, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with that. I don't know if like, I don't know if having it always at the top 
at the top is needed. I think like if we have a slide out menu from the left, we could put it there as well. Uh, and then they can always access the slide out menu by just sliding out and we can put it right there. Uh, but anyway, we can discuss that for sure. I don't I don't mind having that discussion. Um, well, ultimately, what I'm trying to get at is I don't want it buried like settings, display, appearance, theme. Yeah, we don't need then, that. Like, that's yeah, ridiculous. We, yeah, I think we'll have the slide out menu will be our kind of settings and that's it. Yeah. Um, it's a f- fairly simple app. So and then, and then that goes to the other topic of um, the features. Let's talk about the features right now. So what do we want this app to do? The requirements kind of thing, the section. So what I've written down here and we can go into it and uh, we add stuff or take away stuff. But the basic MVP that I see right now, features wise, is pull posts from multiple subreddits and display them as one multi subreddit. Uh, remove all unnecessary attributes like karma count comments, uh, some other stuff that we'll talk about or we'll discuss in the design doc once we get to that section in more detail and display a minimalistic news block from all the, from the, each content piece. Um, then allow user to select their regions, the region's news or their interest, interested news, uh, ability to share articles through the Android or iOS share menu. And then the ability to view articles in a web view without leaving the application. Is there anything else that needs to be added here? Um, I mean, I mean, I should probably add the uh, ability to uh, switch between light and dark theme. I guess that that is a functionality. That is a feature. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's specific. Uh, pull pose. Well, the only other thing I guess is like, in terms of in terms of like a a news app, I think really critical things, and we've had this discussion, is a share button. Yep, I have that. Yeah, we have that. A share button. Mm-hmm. I'm just like going through it in my head. Mm-hmm. A share button. The publication, I think, is critical because you want to make sure you know the publication before you click the link, and then the headline, of course. Maybe the byline. I don't think so. Like, like, we're, like this is minimalistic. So every mm-hmm. single feature we add is like scrutinized uh, yes. extra. Um, and we've had that discussion last night for like almost like for over an hour of like whether or not we should have a share button. And ultimately, like people when they read something, they're like, oh, that's crazy, and then they want to share it. Why are we forcing them to go to the Reddit app, copy the like? No, it's mm-hmm. messy. Let's let's just share. Let's just have a share button. Yeah. Which makes sense. So let's, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And like having the news publication definitely makes sense for people to know where it's from. Uh, also, I think having the subreddit where that particular content is from is also important. Uh, so they know that that one's from World News or that one's from Canada or that one's from, you know what I mean? Like it's it makes sense uh, to provide context to the title sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the title would just assume that the person knows which subreddit they're on. So I think I think in that sense we need the we need to display the subreddit of each news article, um, but yeah, other than that, I can see I can see it being pretty damn simplistic, uh, because that's that's all we need. Like that that's our requirements right there in in what one two three four five six bullet points. Well, the whole the whole thing the whole point of this thing too is it's supposed to be a no nonsense ad mm-hmm. like. Like, like, I mean, you already said it, remove the karma count, like anything that mm-hmm. will cause you to go down, like, like that front page thing you said, where like people go down like the front page hole where they yep. like, they, they look boot up the app, they want to go to news and then they just end up on the front page and they fuck around and then they're like, oh, I guess I'm like busy now. So I can't read the news or they forget they were going to go read the news or they just close mm-hmm. the app and they open it up again. And it's like the whole social media loop essentially. 
Um, so this is like a no nonsense, like, oh, I want to check the news. I'm going to check it via the sorting. So like, we're going to have those, uh, what are the ones on, on Reddit? Like top controversial, yeah. hot, whatever. A, we're going to have those exactly. sorts and we're going to have the subreddits so you can organize it as you will. But like, we don't want any distraction. It's like, I want to open this up, read the news. And then in, you know, in an hour or something, I can go back and I can refresh it and see if the news is there. Like if any new, more news has shown up about it. I can quickly share to a friend and really that's it. Yep. It's a no frills, essentially news app, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. A news aggregate. Yeah, that's a, that's what we want. And uh, hopefully we can achieve that goal. Um, so I'll move on to the next part, uh, which is the development stage. So what do we, what are the technologies we're going to use for developing? Uh, and I've already mentioned this a little bit. I don't, actually, I don't think I mentioned that we're we are sticking with Vue.js just like we did with HTML. The things because we want to solidify our our knowledge and understanding of Vue.js even more um, due to the fact that I think in the future we want to do some content on Vue.js. I think we are kind of invested in it at this point. We have the experience. There's no point in going and doing something else. And it works well uh, too. Like it's not like it's exactly. not like it doesn't work well. Exactly, it works well. Like we we haven't had any major issues with it uh starting out so that it's been it's been all good news pretty much for Vue. um and on the topic of Vue, we're going to use vuex for the state management because uh, there will be some persistence uh, we're not going to do any sort of login or account management uh, but what we are going to do is if you know you choose certain subreddits on your phone uh, we want to use the local storage and the vuex to be able to store that uh, and then you know persist it upon when you close or open the application uh, that that's the extent of what we're going to use Vuex for. Uh, we're not going to do anything crazy with it. Um, probably not going to use any view router stuff as far as I can tell right now, because uh, there's not going to be really many links that you're going to be clicking on other than external links that will open in web views. Um, so we're literally pulling it, like three pieces of information. <laughs> correct. Exactly. For each and everything. It seems, it seems like it'll be a very simple uh, task, but we'll see once I go a little bit more into in depth into the design doc, uh, what 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 I'll actually need, but that's so far that's all we're gonna we're gonna need really on top of you. Um, obviously we'll, we're gonna need some AJAX calls and stuff like that to get the uh, to to get the actual content. Uh, but then for the actual layout part, uh, we're gonna be using CSS Grid, uh, and I'll let Matt talk about that a little bit since he's gonna be gonna be the one in charge of that section of it. Right. So I mean I'm new new to CSS Grid, so. I mean, take whatever I with whatever I say with a grain of salt. Like I said, I'm doing a, a starter guide because I understand the starter stuff. Um, but like, because I, I am a starter. <laughs> but moving on from that, so basically, what I think we'll do is what I'm going to be trying to do with this is uh, the ultimate goal. I think with CSS Grid, with HTML, all the things specifically, is to ultimately make it so like like I said, we're going to be making components like like we're going to do starting, and then we're going to do the nav bar, and then maybe like a slider. So like in my opinion, the ultimate goal is to literally just have like a really basic like essentially like a small business website, if you will, set up in which a person who's learning Grid could go into the starter, then into the navbar uh, tutorial, then into like the slider or whatever, then into like the content blocks, like learn each piece of like a basic website. Cause from there you can kind of like Metro fit it and like copy paste some stuff and you can kind of figure it out, especially if you've been in web development for uh, a while. So with this, I think what I'm going to try to get into is in grid, you can really like name the sections and like learn the structure. That's what I, my focus is specifically with this is that I'm going to specifically like when I'm making the wireframes and that I'm going to learn like, or I'm going to like sort of plan out either, you know, on paper or in my head, 
actually be like, okay, this section should be named nav bar, this section's named top bar, this is the pullout, this is the content block, this is the publication sub, or like whatever whatever it is, I'm going to try to like really, really focus on that structure. And since this is a minimalist app, that structure shouldn't be too hard. So I should be able to do that with relative ease, learn it all, get it all done, and then actually be able to like, hopefully translate that into future tutorials as I like slowly start to learn that. So it's going to be interesting because, you know, we're newer to Vue.js, but we do have a couple of months experience with it. And then like, I'm completely new to CSS grid and this is a coding challenge. So it, it's going to be a decent challenge at least I would say, but I think it's, it's important that like, this is the whole thing where uh, like I've said it several times in Instagram comments and probably on the show a few times where, you know, the best thing you could probably do is just sort of dive in. You want to make a project, you just sort of dive in. This is a minimalist project in which I want to use or I can use CSS grid and I'm just so happened to be wanting to learn it right now. So I might as well dump, jump in and just do CSS grid for it. So I'm going to try to do a proper CSS grid structure. The best I know how, obviously I'm new, best I know how, figure all that out. And then, you know, we'll obviously report back and that's, and it'll be the, the only other concern that we've had this discussion is that we're using CSS grid and its compatibility is a, is a concern to an extent. And I think that for the first version, we'll do CSS grid. And then if we see other, like this, got to remember, this is the MVP, right? We might like, we're assuming this does, this does okay. And it, it's, it's like a, it's a viable product. We will, you know, we plan on updating it with things, whatever they are, more subreddits, more, whatever, change the UI, what have you. So maybe we'll add more compatibility options, but for an MVP CSS grid, in my opinion, has enough compatibility has enough of a compatibility range. It's the most modern thing. So I need to learn it. And it's probably going to run rather well because it's like all ready for responsivity. And this is a progressive web app. So screen sizes aplenty will be using this. Uh, I think that's yeah. really it. Like that's a, I mean, it's CSS grid as a, as an overview, like it's not super complex, but I think that really covers that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So yeah, like, so that, that's the, that's pretty much it for the develop. It's fairly simple, fairly straightforward. It should be, it should be doable in that 24 hours. That's the whole point of this is like, we wanted to make something that wasn't overwhelming us. And we weren't going to be like panicking there for 24 hours. We wanted to make sure that we could do it. We could flush it out so that you actually get a good user experience uh, for for the people that are going to be using the application. And we don't, you know, go crazy fixing a, a million glitches and learning a million different technologies. So that's that's it for the develop part. Uh, for the deploying, so for deploying, uh, we're considering right now different options but for now we're going to probably stick with what we know with html the things and we're going to deploy using an nginx docker container on DigitalOcean, and that's it that's all that's all that you need to know that's all that really there, there is to it make a docker compose file for the nginx there's no database there's no node.js side to this no date no uh, server all we're going to do is just use nginx for the like uh the actual web server it's a simple it's a simple app that's it. Yeah, exactly. But then people will then be able to go to that app. And since it's going to be packaged as a progressive web app with a progressive web app, a config file with all the icon icons and stuff like that, the phone should detect it as a PWA, give you the pop pop up menu to uh, install it onto your phone as a PWA, add it to your home screen, and you should be able to use it just like you would any app that you have on on your phone, whether that be iOS or Android. Uh, that's that's the great thing about this. So that's the cool experiment that we have. I'll have to learn a little bit about service workers and how, how they work uh, for the offline functionality. Like I'll have to actually be able to pull offline uh, 
calls from Reddit and then people that don't have internet connection that did before will be able to view the news as, as they like as it was before. So which is kind of cool to kind of a unique functionality with, with PWAs. Um, that that's about it for deploy. And I think that's that's it. Unless Matt, do you have anything else to add to the uh, develop design, develop and deploy section segment? The only thing I the only thing I think I want to say is that we don't have we were planning on doing the challenge next week, but like like we've ran into major problems last night because uh, we had a, a totally different app idea and that completely fell through because it was like much more complex than we thought it was going to be. Uh, so I just want to mention that we were planning on doing next week. We might do it next week. We don't know, but like everything. Another thing I want to mention is that everything is up in the air. So, you know, the app, like the app idea could change. Anything could change at this point. This is more or less like we wanted to kind of go through how we would plan an app, especially like a minimalist quick app. We wanted to talk about like our risk aversion and like how we're trying to force ourselves out of that, out of that comfort zone. That's sort of what we wanted to focus on in this episode kind of thing. Um, And then sort of like a tidbit like esque segment there as we just heard. But I just want to like iterate here that like this is all subject to change. I just want to make sure that's clear. This is all subject to change. This could completely collapse. This could work beautifully. This could be totally different and then work beautifully. We don't know when, who, what, where, when, why. We have an idea. We don't know. So I just, I just wanted to reiterate that as a sort of disclaimer. So like, if you're like, Hey, where's this thing? Like, you know, we could be eight podcast. I mean, I hope not, but like eight podcast episodes down the road and they'd be like, Hey, you guys did a whole episode on a challenge thing. Where's that challenge thing? I just want to say that like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, I just want to, to say to be that. honest, yeah, exactly. And but to be honest, call us out. If that actually happens, call us out and uh maybe that'll force us force our hand, but I, I think we'll do this challenge. I think we'll do it soon uh cuz I, I don't think there's much stopping us other than the ads thing. So, if well, we can the, get around that ads issue, I think I think there's nothing stopping us from even doing it next week. So, but we'll but we'll see for sure. The ads thing and then and then just holiday season. So like, Correct, I yeah. mean, ne- next week is kind of like a weird week where it's like before the holiday season begins. So it's like most people are kind of done their stuff and they're still working mm-hmm. and people are starting to get off on holidays and stuff. So it's like we could, we could use that time, you know, strategically. All I'm saying is that, uh, is that like, it, it could be a 2019 thing. It could be a next week thing. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. w- w- but we will like, like Mike said, fuck, call us out, <laughs> yell at us. Yo, what the hell? Where's yeah. that? Where's that code challenge? Because like we're trying to force ourselves out of the out of the comfort zone, and as everyone probably knows, that's really not an easy thing to do. So, yeah, exactly. So yeah, and with that, let's move on to the web news this week. So, as a lot of you probably know, if you're in the web development industry and if you're in if you're interested in web design and stuff like that, uh, Microsoft had some interesting news, and which surprised a lot of people, and a lot of people kind of doubted it. Like there was a rumor, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, about it and and then microsoft actually announced and solidified that rumor which is cool uh so basically what it is is edge is edge going to chromium uh and the answer is yes microsoft has fully announced it and uh they are making the switch from their edge html engine to the chromium engine for their future edge browser so it's still going to be called edge but they're now going to be using the familiar chromium open source browser as their base uh, the, the, the other things that were announced were, uh, project manager is moderately, moderately confirmed that most Chrome extensions will now natively work because it's using the Chromium app engine with uh, the new edge. Um, the other thing is that now it, since it's going to be using Chromium, it will now be released on Xbox one Ed, as the edge browser, 
uh, Mac OS even will have the Edge Chromium version web browser. Android and iOS will all have the Edge browser. So they want to make it so that it's, you know, across all the different devices that they can, which kind of makes sense. Uh, the thing is that not everyone's happy about it. Mozilla being the biggest proponent of not liking what's going on. So Mozilla's not happy because what they're saying is Microsoft is giving Google a monopoly and has now made it their own goal to make sure that Google doesn't have that full monopoly. And they've really like doubled down on the fact that people need choice. People like choice breeds like innovation and all that. And they they don't like it when uh, a, a large browser and a large market segment like Edge, uh, Chrome is number one, but Edge is still up there. Like Edge is still... Um, you know, it still has a market segment. I don't know if it's large. It's probably not huge, but it definitely still has users since it's pre-installed on all Windows devices. Uh, and the fact that now, instead of using their own engine, now they're going to be using Chromium. Chrome pretty much controls all that data, uh, controls all that segment. Whatever Chrome changes, changes on Edge as well. That's it's their choice now. Like they they kind of control, almost control the entire industry. And that kind of puts... Firefox in a pinch because let's say uh, Chromium decides to add a feature um, that Firefox doesn't have and it's like a fairly large feature and before they would have to like you know make the decision like oh well there's Edge if we add this feature then developers would have to develop it for Edge and Firefox and Safari Uh, but now instead of that they don't have that like there's not as much they have more control over that decision right so they're like oh well since we control Edge and Chrome and, and these other browsers that use Chromium as their app and as their engine, we can now develop a feature and then leave uh, Firefox in the dust, which, you know, a Firefox is obviously concerned with with that kind of stuff. And uh, they don't they don't want to have it so that there's a single monopoly controlling everything, which I, I will kind of agree with um, to a certain degree uh, where, like, you know, if it's a monopoly, then it's going to force Chrome uh, to just, you know, be stagnant and allow no innovation kind of thing but there's there's positives and negatives in that that and we'll talk about it once i finish this segment um so the other thing is that uh developers obviously now going forward uh will have less incentive to support edge html uh microsoft has come out and said that they're not canceling edge html as they're as they like people will still be able to choose if they want to use it my guess is that's kind of pr talk uh and i'm 99 sure that in the future once Edge Chromium has an established base. They'll be like, oh, we're phasing out Edge, Edge, Edge HTML. But for now, they are reaffirming that people will be able to choose which uh, engine they want to use for their browser, which engine they want to use for their web views and stuff like that. So um, at least there's that, I guess. Uh, and then another thing that I read and I found interesting was that the fact that uh, Microsoft uses Electron internally uh, for their applications. So uh, I believe Skype is an Electron-based application, and Electron is a cross-platform development language, uh, development tool. Uh, so you're able to build like, you know, JavaScript apps for the PC, pretty much, and then use the same language across uh, different platforms. Um, I, I think it's macOS and... Uh, use it on macOS and Windows, one, one, one language. And I think Microsoft uses that for... VS Code and Skype. So they're kind of, it kind of makes sense why they, they're like, oh, well, we'll use Chromium as well because Electron's built on Chromium and now all of our applications will be running on the same base. So it's a little bit easier to maintain. Uh, it, I mean, from a business standpoint, in my opinion, it does make sense what Microsoft is doing. It's a, it's much easier to just use someone, piggyback on someone else's code 
uh, and build out a web browser that people are already familiar with how the performance is and how, how to use it and stuff like that. And developers will be sort of happy, some of them, I'm sure, because now they don't have to worry about a whole other development platform. Like they can just leave Edge in the dust and not have to worry about designing and fixing glitches on Edge. It, it just, un, like, you know, makes stuff a little bit simpler. Um, but that that's pretty much all I have to say about this topic and i just want to leave it like, i just want to give it to uh, matt to say his opinion on what, what, like does he think it's a good thing do you think it's like uh, a thing that might you know hurt us in the future i don't know what, what do you think Matt? i think it's a weird thing actually <laughs> um like to be blunt it's 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 weird to have there's always well i don't not always but there's been the three browsers more or less and there's like opera and stuff but there's there's been three browsers essentially three of the big boys biggest ones well, Safari. Oh, four, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, Jesus just threw out one of the. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know how big Safari is, to be honest. And it's also apparently, from what I've heard, sorry to interrupt, but apparently Safari has now become the new Internet Explorer, where people like really hate the way it it it, it works for a lot of features. Like it's not implementing features in the same way that Chrome is. And so developers are having an issue with, with it. I haven't. Well, I mean, that's not true. I've most of my issues have been in Safari, um, but uh, I haven't had like too many people complain about stuff in Safari, so I haven't worried about it. But yeah, I guess I guess that is true. Well, I, well, I mean, Safari is kind of like I don't know, but in terms of functionality, I'd say it's it's beyond Internet Explorer, especially since Internet Explorer has been discontinued for a while now. But I would say that like Safari has is in the Internet Explorer position in terms of it's the default system browser. And so mm -hmm. like it's going to get a ton of use and needs to be supported by developers just because just because it's the default. Um, and it's the same thing as is what you and I were describing earlier is that so like like right now it's weird because like Edge HTML, as you said, is like still going to be quote unquote supported. So now it's like you're almost at least during a period of transition, assuming they do discontinue Edge HTML eventually, is now we're in an, uh, this weird side case where it's like now you need to test on Google Chrome, Edge Chrome or whatever you want to call it, then Edge Edge HTML, then Safari, then Mozilla. Like you're just basically adding one in there. You know what I mean? There's like the uh, Opera and the whole it, bit, but but Edge Chrome will be the same as testing on Chrome. Like it's just, it's using the same engine. So the same features that you're working on for Chrome will work on edge Chrome. The thing is though, is a lot of those things, a lot of, a lot of, I mean, specifically in terms of the UI elements and styling, a lot of the stuff that people say like, Oh, in Chrome it'll work. And therefore in Safari it'll work because they're WebKit. A lot of the time, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the time, like you will see a difference in Safari. Safari is not based on Chromium. It's not based on Chromium, no, but like they're both WebKit, right? Like, but it, it's completely they're two completely different engines. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where, whereas, whereas, like the the Edge Chromium engine will be exactly the same as the Chrome Chromium engine. Yes, no, That's no. That's what I'm saying. What, what what I'm saying is, I mean, in terms of like high, like I'm talking about not advanced, like not even touching like like media, not not like not touching like grabbing webcams and microphone, none of that. I'm talking about it's solely in UI styling. The consensus in general, again, I'm talking very generally, is that whenever I look up, like, it's the only time I really look up issues is, like, if I'm having a really strange issue, a lot of the time they'll be like, this will break in Firefox, but should be fine in, like, Chrome and Safari. 
Um, and I don't look up issues too much now. I know more or less know how to like fix UI weird issues like that. So like maybe that consensus has changed and I'm just like, cause I just test it on all of them. And if I have a problem, I just fix it on one. Like I just, I don't really look it up too much anymore. But when I was looking it up a couple years ago, um, like a lot when we were kind of new, it was like a lot, like I did that a lot. And a lot, that was usually the consensus is like, Oh, Opera Chrome and, and Safari will probably be fine. Firefox will be the one that does it a little different. And then internet Explorer is like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. this was like back before edge, but, uh, really was yeah. big. So, so, but, but again, this, this will like edge chromium will not add to that. No. Yes. Like it, it's not, it's not the same difference as like, oh, this, this will probably work on both Chrome and uh, Safari. No, this will be like, this will work on both Chrome and edge Chrome. Uh, or edge chromium like will but it might not work on safari still because safari again yes it uses webkit uh, i believe what i've read is that chrome actually took uh safari's interpretation of webkit and then manipulated it themselves and made something different uh so i, I think one stole from the other somehow in, in some way but anyway which, which is still, possibly why they're different it, yeah they are different that's the point like the 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 webkit interpretation of uh safari and the webkit interpretation of chrome are different, not completely, and obviously a lot of things work the same. Uh, but the 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 web like the interpretations with Edge or Firefox are significantly different right now. Whereas when Edge de- like takes Chromium and uses that, they won't be different at all from Chrome. So you won't have to like technically test on Edge. That's th- you won't have to open it up. That's interesting. Um... Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there, there, there is that advantage. The advantage is the fact that you will not have to test on Edge anymore. What about the whole Edge HTML being being supported? Again, Edge HTML being supported. Uh, yes, they have reaffirmed that it is being supported. My guess is is that they will regress it. Well, my in the future. my concern that, my concern would be for not necessarily us because we're freelancing. But it'd be more for the people who work in a larger company where they're still supporting Internet Explorer 10 and below. Right. And that's not going to change. Nothing's going to change that, right? Like, no, what I'm just... saying is now they've just added a browser. Why isn't this working in Edge HTML? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. In terms of like the industry yeah. standard, maybe not industry standard, but like industry standard for a specific business or enterprise. Yeah. I'm wondering whether the Edge HTML is actually just going to be like edge one edge two or something no i i think i think that chromium will be the default then you'll be able to like for a little while in my opinion you'll be able to switch back to uh, edge html version right but i think like the default will be the chromium one okay um out of the box i mean i mean ultimately like ultimately like i in terms of like just personal experience then um to dig out of like the technical like the real technical stuff like like that i think that I think like like personally I was thinking of switching to Edge just to try it uh recently cuz I was like oh I have the Microsoft launcher on my phone now maybe I'll give Edge a try and like slowly Microsoft like slowly Microsoft myself out as I've mentioned before. One of the things though is that well I mean I haven't done that and I was now it's like if if these if these Chrome apps essentially are going to be working like the Chrome not Chrome apps but Chrome extensions are going to be working on there and I could just sign into Google anyway, and I can hopefully, I would assume, switch my browser or my search engine to, to Google.ca, which I assume would happen. 
Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully not locked to Bing in any way. I, although I don't see that happening. At that point, it's like, it, should I just switch? Um, so, like, I mean, that's like a bit of a personal thing uh, that then more than a general thing. But it is a question of, is Microsoft's browser, I guess, now viable? Like, I was really hesitant to take on Edge. Now, when this update's pending and when the update drops, is there a reason to be hesitant? And on top of that, I was talking to you earlier and like we, I have an ultra book for work and, um, or like it's a, I call it an ultra book, but it's a tab pro S. So it's a tablet that runs windows 10 pro and I have a, I have a keyboard for it. And like that thing was like getting bogged down the other day. And I was like, what the hell? Like I'm only on a couple of tabs here. Like I don't have a hundred tabs open. And it was like Chrome just like shot up. I think it was Ram or CPU just like just rocketed like right through the roof. And I was like, holy Christ, like what's going on here? And then I ran the same tabs in edge and it was much like uh much like lower ram usage much lower cpu usage and so the performance was better so i was like that's like those type of experiences is what made me start questioning chrome and like i know that a lot of people like already make the jokes and the memes of like oh chrome is the is the resource hog chrome eats all the ram chrome 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 is like the worst chrome is this chrome is that and i don't actually see many like people attacking edge too much in its current form Mm-hmm. and so and you're right you're right yeah. yeah so it's like it's like so na- so this is weird it's like it's like mm-hmm. internet explorer crawled its way to edge essentially and then edge got big or like big like big just because it's been introduced to so many people via the fact that they have windows 10 and then now we have this really bizarre like like why is edge being changed when it was a really at least in my minimal experience a really viable browser Whereas Internet Explorer, the instant you start loading websites that you're familiar with, you'll notice that either they don't work, they don't function fully, or they're different because they have like an IE version, right? Yep. Or like IE changes because they can't do certain things with IE. And I think you had mentioned that apparently one of the things was that one of the reports or something, I don't know if this is confirmed or whatever, but we were talking about apparently Edge was losing market share to Internet Explorer. And that was the final nail in the coffin, apparently. This is very speculative, I, I believe. I, I, there might be actual data to back that up, to be honest. Cause but we don't know. Brow- brow- browser reports, but I haven't looked it up. Um, but I did hear about that. The other thing is is that uh, the the big problem with Edge right now, and people say that this is its biggest problem, uh, is the fact that it's not updated separately. So what happens is, is that people that are in businesses that are locked on uh, a, a version of like an OS version because you can do that now with Windows 10, right? Like you don't have to update it when you're in a business. You can defer to uh, a certain extent, right? I think I think there is still a limit to defer. Uh, businesses, I believe, there is no limit. Interesting. Yeah, a business a business version. You can you can just lock yourself to a certain uh, thing. It'll it'll prompt your admin that there's a new version out, and he has the choice of deploying it like as a test for some people and then he has a choice of deploying it for everyone but it's his choice kind of thing so like businesses are locked on older versions of windows 10 now um and what happens is is that windows like microsoft edge is only updated on a version update of windows it's not updated through the store it's not updated at all so what happens is these people that are locked onto the older version of edge We'll see jank happen because newer, you know, web apps don't care about older versions sometimes, and they'll just be like, "Oh, I'm not using this," and they'll just move on to a different browser. You know what I mean? So that's how they lose market share. 
I wonder if that, if that would even change with, with, I understand it's Chromium and updates, whatever, but like they would be able to control whether, whether edge updates. And, and in my opinion, if they, if that was their main problem, I think they would have been able to figure out how to unlock it from the OS updates. I don't think, I, I don't think that they're like, I'm curious. Like I, there was rumors that they wanted to unlock it from the OS updates. Right. Uh, like fairly soon and people were happy about that because that like that a lot of people's complaints are there like that that's the problem everything else like we can f- work around and it's fine and it works like in some ways it works better than chrome but like we can't work with edge when it does not update without a version like a windows version update yeah and i think there there was rumors of edge wanting to do that so i'm guessing my guess is that it will update separately from uh, the operating system once it hits chromium my my question is is at this point then I think, and just to be a contrarian is why. And and one of the things that pops into my mind immediately is in terms of just a pure business, ideal, is that they're gonna be able to have less browser people maybe. Yes, that's I think exactly I think you are you hit the nail on the head, where they're going to save money. Like that's, they're probably gonna be able it. to like only they, have one small team maybe. Yeah, like they they've pumped in so much money and they're cutting. They're cutting it like they're just being like, okay, we pumped in this much money. We've lost if, if the rumors are true, we've lost market share to our old browser. Like we've gained market share a bunch, and then all of a sudden we started losing it. They're in a board meeting. They're like, what do we do? And the the solution is let's just go to the thing that's already available that is already developed. Let's put like a UI on top of it, and that's it. And like let's cut eighty percent of our team. Well, I have a brief as an aside. I have a brief. Uh, thing about this is that one of the one of my theories assuming again these are assumptions assuming that it, that internet explorer was fighting for market share with edge is people are literally and like i'm doing it right now like type in they press the windows key they type in internet and internet explorer appears as a desktop yeah. app and i think that that like what I actually think should 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 be is Internet Explorer. You know, if they wanted around on Windows 10, so that devs and stuff can have a modern OS and still test on Internet Explorer, fair enough. I think that because it it really, I mean, I can't off the top of my head think of I, I think of another reason for a standard consumer to use Internet Explorer. Businesses, yes, yeah. like businesses, the admin should be able to choose what browser. And like select which one, but I think for in terms of a consumer OS, Internet Explorer should be hidden, and it should be you know how like you can go in and like activate features. I can't, I don't, I've never actually done it on ten, but on Windows Seven, you can go and be like add or remove features, and you can like click it, and it'll like download mm-hmm. an update. Mm-hmm. I think like I think that that Internet Explorer should be that hidden, yeah. hidden behind that because when I type in Internet, it should go to Edge. I think that people are not, and and like that's not really their fault. If you've always used Internet Explorer, you've, you know, you've minimally used the internet, you've been able to get around and you don't think it's bad because you don't have any other experience. You're not versed in computers. You get a new computer because your old one breaks or gets too old. You go to the start menu like you've always done. You type in internet like you've always done and you press enter on the E. You know, the whole point Mm -hmm. of having edge with the E, as far as I understand it, was to ensure that people understood the branding. But when people are typing in the word, because I think that like pressing start and search has become part of people's routine as well without looking for the buttons. Like a lot of people look, a lot of older folks will look uh, in general on the desktop, but like, I know that I know a bunch that will search. And so yep. like, cause they've gotten used to that, like over the years and years and years, it's like, oh, searching so much easier. You like start I N like I N T E R and then just press enter. 
You don't even type the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? And I think that they've they've adopted that. And I think that maybe it, it, assuming again, assuming this is true that that Internet Explorer was fighting the market share of, of Edge, that's probably why, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's possible. Like I think I think that's a possibility to definitely impact why. Um, but regardless of the fact, I I don't know. I I I think it's. I'm scared. It's a tough I'm, thing. I'm scared it's, about this. <laughs> yeah, like it's not. It's yeah, pretty much. Like I, I think it will make our lives easier as developers. Looking at it selfishly, uh, I see that happening. But I, I kind of am wary of it, and a little bit in agreement with uh, Firefox, where what will happen five, ten years from now, and Internet, like, and Chromium controls everything. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what will happen. Google has has lost a lot of my trust in the in the like fall like the previous year or so, um, with their weird shady practices. Like, it's it just like them becoming a big company, like any other big company, and folding to pressures of just pure profit, and that's it. And we Matt and I have had this discussion recently where any big company will just eventually go to a negative, pretty much. 100% of the time. I'm sure that there are some exceptions, um but it will always kind of go anti-consumer, uh pro only profit and not care about anything else. So, well, it, 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 at that point I like like to to kind of detail that is it's more like you treat everyone that you sell to as a number. And I'm not saying everyone's doing this. I'm not saying Google is doing this to be clear. But in my opinion, if you get so big that like it's just like a YouTuber. If you think about it, if because like, that's a really small scale. Think about a YouTuber. You know, your favorite YouTuber, maybe you were with them when they had 100 subscribers. So they were literally talking to you sometimes in the comments. Maybe they were live streaming. They were talking to you. As the as their chat fills up, as their subscriber account grows, as they get more followers on Twitch, whatever, as they grow their plat- uh, grow on the platform of their choice, they will slowly and slowly and slowly get more disconnected from the audience. And eventually, mm-hmm. like, so for example, some place, uh, some guy, and like, I mean, if you're a gamer, you know who Ninja is. Ninja, as far as I know, is the biggest streamer on Twitch. I think he's really, or he is, really big on YouTube as well with clips. And he has to be disconnected from his audience because he can't be connected to them because there's like a million people chatting in that chat. So think about in terms of someplace like Google or some other big boy where they have, like Microsoft even with just Windows 10. Like if I call them up, it's like Matt Lawrence just gets assigned to a number in their support system essentially or maybe by my name sure but they don't know who i am you know what i mean like whereas like if bill gates was building windows today and we we were doing this podcast and i kept preaching to the choir like matt like let's say i don't know mike was on chrome os or mike was on some other bigger os at the time let's say windows is just starting out and i was sitting there being like windows is fucking great like woo, you know if he hear if he heard that it'd be like yeah like like, you know, Windows is condoned by the HTML, all the things podcast, for example. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, at mm-hmm. a small scale, they would, they're more into that because they need those little things. Yeah. But eventually, it's, it's like, it's like we have 10, I don't know, I don't know what the number is, like 10 million computers out there. It's like, well, fuck, I can't call all these people. I don't know who these people are. So then they, then they, what they do is they get these convoluted numbers that come in and they go, well, people seem to pay for microtransactions. People seem to pay for, subscriptions mm-hmm. people seem to say for whatever this you know what wh- like a typical quote-unquote anti-consumer practices and then they just they just fire it off because they don't know and so yeah. i think it's like it's like it's just the pains it's the growing pains of just becoming like you can't be connected to 10 million people no you can't be 
and in the, you can't be connected to a million people or less, you know, no. you, you know, there's a limit. There's like a thousand maybe. And you can kind of talk to those people via text message here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're on like a platform, you can kind of talk to a group of them, but like really when you start growing and go fast, like it, it's a growing pain. It's like, Oh, I don't know who these people are. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we went through the same thing to an extent where we would, we would like remember every person's project and t- to every single step of the project. And now people will call us up and like some of them are original customers and they'd be like, Hey, about that project in November. I'm like, what project and what's the status? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, we're still small scale, but like, I don't remember that. Whereas in the first couple of years we did, we would remember yeah. every project when we did it and everything. So there's already a slight disconnect and it is slight. But it, it it will grow as we grow, inevitably, you know what I mean? And it's just a part of a growing pain. Now, to bring it back to this, though, I don't think Mozilla has anything to worry about. I think Mozilla has is doing the company thing of, and again, this is personal opinion, the company thing of absolutely like talking about their competitor, talking about the industry, talking about their concerns. I personally don't think Mozilla has anything to worry about. And the reason why that is is because I know that there's a bunch of people out there that are anti-Microsoft who, you know, maybe only use Windows because they need to, and then they don't use anything else. They don't use Bing. They don't use Edge. They don't use any of that stuff. They don't use a Microsoft account. Like, who the fuck logs in with a Microsoft account to third-party services? I do, but not many services offer it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cineplex does. Like, Cineplex allows you to do it. Uh, that's the only one I can think off the top of my head that allows me to sign in as a third-party service. Like, most of them are Facebook, Google, you know, uh, Twitter, maybe? Uh, I've never done Twitter, so I don't know, but, like... There's like, you know what I'm talking about, like the third party login, where instead of you giving them your email and everything, it's like, oh, just sign in with Facebook, you know, sign up with Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like Microsoft isn't on that ticket in the most cases. And, and like, I think it's because there's a huge market out there that is not going to go with Edge, regardless of whether it's Chromium or not. And if Edge becomes Chromium and people are anti Google, they're anti-Chrome for whatever reason, or they're anti-Microsoft, which there are people that I guarantee will fall into the same camp. They'll go to Firefox. And Firefox, to me, I don't have numbers, has always been a niche, a more niche, but large browser. A niche large browser, mm-hmm. if that's a thing. And and all they're going to do is solidify that position. I don't think they need to be worried. I, I don't think they're going to get crushed. I think the only way they're going to get crushed is if they get bought out and then crushed. Like, you know, bought out and then shut down. But if they, you know, hold hold steady just keep making making what they're making people are still going to be supporting them and make sure you know what i mean like i don't think i don't i i don't think i can't see people that are on firefox today being like oh chromium let's i never used chrome before let's use edge like that doesn't make any sense to me and and Mm. if you're on edge now and you switch to chromium and you're anti-google you're gonna go to you're gonna go to firefox probably like maybe opera or something but generally generally you're gonna be going to Firefox like that's that's what I would do like oh guess I'm going to Firefox like that'd be it if I was that if I was mm-hmm. in that camp and so like I honestly and like honestly don't think from my limited experience in that type of business uh I would say they don't have anything to worry about and I would say that they absolutely need to like talk about the state of the industry and that type of thing because this is a big shift like we're talking about mm-hmm. tonight right now I don't know what your opinion is on this Mike but I don't think Firefox is going anywhere and I don't think they need to be worried yeah I'm I'm more of the opinion that like I just I can't I I'm I'm more of the sense that I can't predict what's going to happen personally and I I can't even I'm almost it's a cop out a little bit but uh I would say you know what I'll I'll make it I'll make a I'll make a point I think I'm the counterpoint to this I think Firefox does have something to worry about I think that 
Chrome taking more and more market share, Chrome then being able to, you know, put in changes that they want to put in and push Firefox out is a possibility. Uh, I think that, um, I think that, I think they should be worried, honestly. Like, I think that they, they definitely have something to worry about. And I think that they're, they're in, maybe not in the next five years, but I can see in a decade where they will they will start rapidly losing rap, uh, market share to chromium based browsers. The thing is though is 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 one of the thing one of the arguments is is that in terms of competition if 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 Google gets a gets a um if Google gets a monopoly, right? If the chromium just kind of take I don't know if Google's own if chromium is owned by Google. I don't really think of chromium any like myself. I just always think Google Chrome. Um chromium is owned by Google. Okay. Yeah. So I like I don't I don't really like think of that much, but like if we think about it like I was going to say what what's the default browser on Ubuntu? As small of a market share that is. Yeah, I mean, it might be it might be Firefox. I haven't used the consumer version like I only mm. use the terminal version of Ubuntu. I haven't used the the consumer like UI version of Ubuntu in years. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that like I'm I'm not going to say that matters like I don't think it matters to uh no, but I mean Ubuntu is still being developed, and it's like being developed. Like I would, I would equate Ubuntu. Like I kind of throw Ubuntu. I understand they're different things, by the way. I understand one's an OS and one's a a, uh, a browser, but I kind of throw Ubuntu and Firefox in the same camp, mm-hmm. where I always kind of think of them as like the side big boy of like somebody. It's like, oh, this fucking OS is fucking up, and I just like run to them, or like, whoa, this browser's fucking up, and I run to Firefox. I I don't think that Google is like like. One of the things is that they're saying competition is what they're scared of. And you're saying that, like, Google's going to put changes in. Well, one of the big things about no competition with a monopoly is that changes won't be put in. Now, during the period in which most things, so like Edge and Chrome are Chromium, and there's Firefox, and then yes, there's others, but let's just say these these three, essentially, which is essentially two now, right? Chromium, mm-hmm. essentially, and then Firefox. I don't, I don't see, like, like, if Chromium starts pushing a bunch of features, why can't Firefox also push features? Like why why is that a concern? They're like they're the argument was made, I don't know whether it was your argument or whether you read it, but the argument was made like, oh obviously like and it's just a general argument as well. If somebody gets a monopoly, they're probably gonna go stagnant, kinda like that whole Intel versus Ryzen thing before Ryzen was a mm-hmm. thing. That was a whole if you're into CPUs and computers, that's something you know about. But you know, Intel kinda got a little stagnant there. But um like this is this is just competition par for the course. Like I it maybe they're scared of the competition. Maybe they're scared that like they're gonna make features faster and better yep. than they can, but that's capitalism, baby. Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna get crushed, you're gonna get crushed. Like I don't know what else to tell them, but like if like yeah. if you guys are like you guys don't want them to have a monopoly, then fight them. Fight them. Make us buy your product. Like if you make fire, like I have Firefox Developer Edition on here, and I use that for a bunch of stuff for work, and I use that well just for work really. Um, but like, for example, like I switched over to Chrome because I had a Google account anyway, and the syncing was better between Chrome. Um, whereas Firefox, I had like, it was back at way back in the day. Now I think it was still on seven or maybe it was even Vista, but like I had to like sign into these, this weird account and I like forgot my password and it's not as accessible as like the Google thing. And I don't think there was like an email associated with it where it's like the Google accounts, like, man, I could just freaking sign in everything and get like my YouTube going. And it's just like a one sign in. And that was my whole thing. Right. That was mm-hmm. my whole reason to switch, but maybe Firefox is amazing now. And maybe they just need to fucking force us to, 
to do something. Make a make a great app. Make a make an even better browser. Push changes. Do changes. People people do uh, co- uh browser specific code pens. Do something cool. Show it off. You uh, attract the developers. Make the developers say like this is only available on like some some apps are only available on a Chrome. You know it's rare, but make make it so that some stuff's only available on Firefox. Like what are you guys doing? Fight them. I don't know. Well, they they are and like they they have some pretty cool um and you'll be you'll be seeing this soon. But they have they, their developer tools for CSS Grid are like the best by far. Oh yeah, the, that um, that inspect tool. Holy fuck. Yeah, like that's that's the best CSS Grid tool you're gonna get when you when you start developing with CSS Grid. But like, and they definitely have that kind of stuff, and they're definitely appealing to developers. I think that's just just they're in a losing battle. Like that's that's all it is. I. I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, though. we've been we've been, we've been yeah. gabbing on for a while. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Send your mm-hmm. send us your opinions or whatever, because like this is obviously a fully controversial and opinion based conversation. So you know, shoot us a message on whatever social media that you're on, and you know, we'd be interested in hearing about that. But in conclusion, thanks for listening, and make sure you do not miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at HTML all the things for Facebook and Instagram at HTML everything for Twitter. We're on Medium. We're on GitHub. Make sure there you check out that Medium because there should be a guide here this week. Remember, we're also on Patreon. Remember that it is on patreon.com slash HTML all the things. Give that a go. Check out the tiers. Feel free to leave a comment and, and or a review on the platform you are listening to this on. And we are signing off. <laughs>